Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Caelan had lived many years of his life not caring. It had become a sort of shield, his own form of protection. He could slit a man's throat without giving a shit about him and go home to his family with a smile on his face and love in his heart. The same hands that ended many lives held his wife and daughter with care. Maybe that was why he found himself compartmentalising what he had learnt about Lil into little boxes to consider later. Maybe. Or maybe he wouldn't ever bother unpacking them. Even taking this into consideration, it was a little disconcerting, watching Lynn go from excitedly following Micah around the markets to staring a man in the face as the life drained from his eyes. Kaelin had killed many, many people, and dealing with it that easily meant that if he were a betting man, he would put money on Lynn having killed before, And not just in self-defence, either. That skill of being that detached only came after witnessing many murders at your own hands. It had weighed on his mind a little the last few weeks, wondering what else he was hiding behind that lazy smile and fumbling incompetence. How much of it was an act? Just where in all these layers upon layers of deception was the real lip? Had he ever even glimpsed any part of Lynn that was real? But right now, as he lazed back on one of the kitchen chairs watching Lynn cook, he came to the slow realisation that he didn't really care. It wasn't as if Kaelin was being all open and honest to the elf. Kaelin had a multitude of sides too, even if he just showed one or two to Lynn. And he didn't appear to question that. So, who was Kaelin to question Lynn in response? As far as he could tell, Lynn didn't plan on hurting him anytime soon. The gods knew the poor man was following Kaelin around like a lost puppy half the time. Kaelin was half certain that if it came down to it, he could make Lynn feel guilty enough not to act on any murderous intentions. And the other half? Well, he knew for sure a quick spell or some neat knife tricks would make easy work of him. A blade to the throat in the middle of the night was hard to dodge even if you weren't functionally useless. Micah, on the other hand, had swallowed the lilin, fed him hook, line and sinker. They found evidence that Barlam was planning a hit on Lynn, and only then did they start making a move to harm him. This explanation was apparently absolutely fine, judging by the fact that Micah had taken up Lynn's office to stay as long as he liked. It had been three weeks, and Micah showed no sign of moving out just yet. Caelan could, in a way, understand. If he had been living at home the past, what must be going on eight months, he would have gone stir-crazy as well. 
Plus, having Micro around was... nice. He took away some of Lynn's attention that had up until this point been solely on Kaelin and disrupted that domesticity. It was something that Kaelin would never say out loud, but it was a breath of fresh air. Not to say that this wasn't nice. Sitting in the kitchen in the mid-morning after a long lie-in, Lynn was cooking, Micah was sat up on the table next to him with his tail swishing happily behind him. It was less of a family feeling and more of a friendly atmosphere, and honestly, that was all Kaelin really wanted. It calmed down the feeling of anxiety inside him that had been popping up more and more frequently the longer he spent with Lynn. That wanderlust that had kept him on the road for the last ten years was wonderfully quiet for now. He had been keeping one ear on the conversation, dipping in and out and occasionally adding one or two words to try and hide the fact his brain was somewhere else entirely. Micah had always been good at that, keeping up conversations for days on end with nothing but his sheer enthusiasm for anything and everything. Even then, the question that came up next pulled him into the conversation more actively. You were alive in the last war, right? I can't imagine Hirondell in wartime. The last war. Kaelin had learnt about it at school and had been around older members of the family talking about it. But even though he was born in the middle of it, he really didn't remember what it was like. Lynn, though. Lynn would have already been an adult when it came around, even if in Alvish society he would have been seen as too young to really do anything about it. The elf had physically paused in his cooking, which wasn't necessarily unusual. He had told Caelan before that he didn't like focusing on too many things at once when one of those things was a sharp knife. It never hit Hirondale, never passed over the mountains, and even then I suppose it never really got further north than the capital, he responded, sounding just as bored as Caelan remembered his teachers being when they spoke about it. Yeah, I know that, Micah sighed, resting his elbows on his knees and his chin in his hands. But surely it would have been talked about. It was huge, right? You gotta have had prepared or something. Lynn shook his head, back to focusing on multiple things at once. Not that I knew of. We've got the mountains. People were certain they would protect us. They didn't protect the South. Kaelin added quietly. He didn't know much about the war, but he did know that. Enemy forces had invaded from the southwest in the middle of the Kinnegar Waste. Historically, that was an awful idea. The wastes were notoriously inhospitable. But they had been prepared. They attacked in the summer when the wastes were at their warmest and came prepared for the weather. That was how they got so far. The wastes had never really had to defend themselves before and fell quickly. And the Britain Plains? Well, all of their forces were focused in the east. By the time they had found out about the invasion, much of the south had already fallen. Try telling that to the people who run this town. Lynn deadpanned, and in that moment, Caelan wondered whether it was something that he had actually tried. They figured that they had never been invaded before, they weren't about to be now. 
Hirondale was built to be defensible, and they were convinced they would never fall. It made sense. The High Elves were well known, colloquially, for being a stubborn race. Kanan realised it would have been difficult to try and tell them that their thinking wasn't infallible. So everyone just sat in their houses and let the rest of the country die? Micah asked, with a hint of bitterness. It was understandable. Micah's mother had lost everything in the war. It only made sense that some of that trauma had been passed down, no matter how well Cassie Blackwood tried to hide it away. Not everyone, Lynn shot back, almost too quickly. Just... Most people. Micah was quiet for a moment, and Caelan was tempted to change the subject, stop the awkward silence that had fallen over them, but... Then Lynn spoke again. Plus, we're a university town. Lots of magic users that will probably stop people pretty quick. Should they have gone to hell? Yeah, they should, but sometimes it's like talking to a brick wall. There's a distinct lack of empathy in this city some days. Or some years. Micah huffed, hitting his head back against the wall behind him. But magic supporters would have turned the tide of the war. Mama always said that they were the best unit in the war, but I'm sure that was just because they were one of the only ones that could have melee and magic fighters. And all of the magic users were stuck up and wanted to stay in their cushy little office positions. Something flashed across Lynn's eyes, something Kaelin couldn't really put into words. As soon as it was gone, it had been so fleeting that Kaelin couldn't work out whether he had seen it in the first place. Well, if we're being honest about this, there weren't many more melee fighters that could have survived being in the same unit as magic fighters that weren't already in the Firewalkers, Kaelin added, looking over at Micah lazily. A gasp came from the other side of the kitchen, and everything suddenly happened at once. Lynn was holding up his hand, crimson blood pouring down his forearm. The knife he had been using to cut onions had slipped and gone into his hand, and instead of doing anything about it, he was sat staring at the blood welling from the cut. It hit Kaelin harder than he thought it would. The sight of blood against Lynn's skin, the almost calm way that he dealt with it despite the lump in Kaelin's throat. The half-elf was on his feet in seconds, moving across the room at a speed he hoped was semi-casual, but he wasn't stupid enough to think that it wasn't noticeable. He took Lynn's hand, starting to sing quietly and trying to swallow down the panic to allow him to rest his hand across the cut. He tried not to think of how warm the blood covering his fingers was as he poured out as much magic as he could. Sorry, sorry, my, my hand slipped. Lynn explained, and his voice was somewhat calming. The fact that he wasn't panicking as much as Kaelin really helped, and Kaelin really didn't want to be the only one freaking out in this situation. He kept up his singing even after the cut was all healed up, without even a scar to show it was there. It didn't take much longer for the blood on his hand to disappear, leaving no trace that it had even been there either. Are you two okay? Micah asked, and it was only when he began speaking that Kaelin realised how close he had been the whole time. He probably could have gotten Lynn healed and cleaned up much quicker, but 
appeared like Kale under it. The half-elf wasn't really sure what he felt about that. I'm fine, Lin sighed, looking over his hand carefully, as if he was amazed at the magic that had just been displayed. Although that wasn't the first time the elf seemed overexcited about any magic use around him. It was only a small cut, it just bled a lot. A lie. Kaelin knew it was a lie, he could see how deep the cut had been. Kaelin? How are you feeling? Micah asked, and Kaelin felt his hand gently touching his elbow. He didn't want to admit how comforting it really was. I'm good. Thank you. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't as bad as it looked. Kaelin breathed, amazed at how he managed to keep a reasonably calm voice throughout. Which it isn't. Which is good. Well, at least his tone was somewhat normal. His words certainly weren't by the sound of it. Well, the two of you should sit down so I can finish food, Micah announced, and no matter how much the two of them protested, they knew that he wouldn't take no for an answer. It was strange for Kaelin to be the only one awake. He had to stay completely still, regulating his breathing, because he knew that Lin would come out of his trance at the slightest irregularity. It was something that had happened a few times in the past. He had gone to get some water, and Lin's eyes had bolted open immediately, asking him if he was okay. It was possibly a little unsettling, but after the first couple of times, Lin had agreed to sleep with his eyes closed, at least, which made the feeling of sleeping next to someone who was only meditating slightly less concerning. It helped that Lin wasn't just lying on his back like he was in a coffin like a lot of people did while they tranced. He didn't look like someone who would be good at cuddling, but his long limbs wrapped around Kaelin as soon as he got into bed, and it pleased some small part of his brain that just made him want to nest up with Lin. It was a past of him that hadn't surfaced in nearly a decade, and he didn't want to think too hard about it returning. The sheer panic that had ridden up in his chest was enough to let him know that he had quite possibly fallen a little deeper than he thought he had. It wasn't long before he felt the familiar twitching that told him that Lynn was in one of his nightmares. He really shouldn't feel guilty about them, but that small part that he was trying so hard to force back down kept telling him that if he had been there sooner, woken up as soon as Lynn left, then he wouldn't be having them. The stubborn voice in his brain that tried to remind him that if Lynn had just stayed put, he wouldn't be having them either, was starting to pop up less and less, no matter how hard he tried. There was something that Kalen could do, though. Something he remembered his mother doing when his own nightmares took hold. He had no way of knowing whether it helped the magical nightmares that Lynn was suffering right now, but it felt a lot better doing something than just leaving him twitching on the bed. He managed to shuffle around in Lynn's arms until he faced the elf. He couldn't quite extract his arms entirely, but he could wriggle them so he pulled Lynn in closer and pushed his body up slightly so he could rest his lips on top of Lynn's forehead. It was an old song, one his mother's clang had sung for centuries, one that was sung to small children to chase bad dreams away. 
A little calming magic mixed in with the words, and if anything worked, Kaelin knew this would be it. It was a song he hadn't sung in nearly ten years. <laughs>